Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Ignited Podcast. We are Adrian and Jennifer Pina, bringing practical and spiritual tools to ignite your marriage. So here we are, guys, in episode three. Last episode, we started a series on barriers to intimacy, and we are going to today talk a little bit about spiritual intimacy. We're going to kind of break that into two parts. And today's topic of conversation is we're going to look at what specifically is spiritual intimacy. So we are physical, emotional, and spiritual beings. Each of those areas of our life are unique in individual. So we have a body, we have emotions, we have a soul, but they're also very much interconnected. So as we look at this area today, we're going to talk a little bit about how each of these areas of intimacy are really important to the health of our marriage. A lot of times we talk about how communication and um, lots of things related to emotions are important to the health of our marriage. A lot of times we talk about how sex is important to our marriage and physical intimacy, but we totally miss the spiritual side. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what that is and why it's important. So we're going to start by kind of taking a step back and look at the grand picture is that in order for spiritual intimacy to be relevant, you have to believe that you are a spiritual being. So that means that you are created by God. And so for us, we believe that that starts with God, that God created us and that triunity, that that body, soul, and spirit, right? And so if we neglect connecting on a spiritual level, then we're missing out one whole element to the way in which God kind of wired us specifically if we miss out on that element. So it begins with God. And we believe personally that that God, his name is Jesus. And so it begins with having a personal relationship with Jesus. And once we have that personal relationship with him, we enter into this spiritual life and we are then connected with God spiritually as he intended. And then we can then connect spiritually with our spouse. Exactly. So you guys, there's this amazing God. He's the creator. He created everything at the very beginning of time. He made this amazing planet and all the stars and he created the first man and the first woman and they were in perfect relationship with him and perfect relationship with each other. The actual first married couple, yes. right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Something happened and the the couple um, disobeyed God and they made a choice that totally broke the relationship between God and man. And through that, there was this disconnect that we call sin. So they made a choice that dishonored God and it, it caused this fraction in the relationship between mankind and God. And so we see that brokenness all over the place. We see that brokenness in our world. We see that brokenness in marriages. There's no doubt that there is brokenness on our planet, right? We see addiction and abuse and horrible tragedy all around us. And we also see people trying to get out of it on their own, right? We see people, you know, leaning on things like drugs and alcohol, um, trying to get out of this broken world on their own, trying to feel better, right? Um, we see people using pornography and sex and just- All manner of addiction. Yeah, so many different means, even shopping, or sometimes people try to do things on their own, like they they try to be like a good person and they do all the good things mm-hmm. um, to try to get out of this broken world. But there is just this brokenness and our loving God did not want to leave us in this place. And so he, by his mercy, sent his son, Jesus, who was the bridge to really remedy the brokenness of mankind. Jesus came to earth. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross to to 
fix the relationship between us and God. He rose from the dead and he, through Jesus, believing in him and putting our faith in him, we're able to have a relationship with God that's restored, that's beautiful, that's intimate. It's as intimate as it is with our spouse and also through that relationship. So we can have a right relationship with God. We can we can go to heaven and be with him someday, but it's so much more than that, you guys. Not only can we have that perfect relationship with God as we believe in the work of his son and what Jesus did on the cross for us, we can also have a purpose in this life. And I think that is such a beautiful um a beautiful way to think about, you know, God didn't just send his son to save us from hell. He gave us a purpose. Our purpose is to tell the world about him and this amazing work that he did. So that is the foundation for what we believe as far as spiritual intimacy. Yeah, it has to begin there, right? It begins with that relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And it's so important then once we look at that, that brings us into kind of the spiritual life, then then you can look at the context of marriage. You can't look at the context of marriage before that actually begins. And that begins for every person on an individual and personal level first. And exactly. So once we do that, then we can cl- we can basically blanket that over. Then what does it look like in marriage? So we want to ask the question, why? So why speaks to kind of the motive, right? So why is it important then to invest in our spiritual life in the context of marriage? We love this this quote by the great doctors Les and Leslie Parrott. And this comes from their book, Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. We'll link that in the description below, guys. So this is a quote that we absolutely love, and it has to do with the why. The spiritual dimension of marriage is a practical source of food for marital growth and health. No single factor does more to cultivate oneness and a meaningful sense of purpose in marriage than a shared commitment to spiritual discovery. It is the ultimate hunger of our souls. That's such a great quote, and it really gets to the heart of Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He talks a lot about how our souls, uh, God created and put eternity in the hearts of men, is basically what he says, paraphrase. What that really means is that we were created with a longing in our soul to have relationship with our creator. And so that's exactly how he wired us. And so the spiritual element of life is so incredibly important because it's kind of hardwired into the DNA and the heart and soul of humanity. Exactly. And, you know, there's lots of different research out there, guys, that shows that when you have uh, spiritual intimacy in your marriage, which means when you as a couple are growing in your knowledge and in relationship with Jesus individually, but then also together as a couple, that's what we mean by spiritual intimacy. That means that I'm growing as an individual, Adrian's growing, but then together we desire to know God and and know him together as a couple. There's a lot of research out there, guys. And this was something that I learned way back years ago in, in college when I was starting my master's and working on marriage and family stuff was that there is research that shows that when you are fully engaged in, in your relationship, and growing spiritually with your spouse, there's a less divorce. It's actually, it, it shows that there's a healthier, more vibrant relationship. Makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. Well, there's several different studies out there, guys. I'm going to link a few articles in the, in the description, but we love this uh, quote by Glenn Statton from Focus on the Family. It says, the divorce rates of Christian believers are not identical general population, not even close. Being a committed, faithful believer makes a measurable difference in marriage. 
saying you believe something is merely like merely belonging to a church or whatever, my paraphrase, unsurprisingly does little for marriage. But the more you are involved in the actual practice of your faith in real ways through submitting yourself to a serious body of believers, uh, regularly learning from scripture, being in communion with God through prayer individually and with your spouse and children, and having friends and family around us who challenge us and take our marriage seriously, the greater difference it makes in strengthening both the quality and longevity of our marriages. Faith does matter, and the leading sociologists and family and religion uh, leaders tell us so. That's so incredible if you think about it, because faith really does matter in that way. Yeah. And it totally fits the molds, because if we believe that we are spiritual and that God created us and that we have that relationship with him, even if we go back to the very beginning, we see the first wedding ceremony where God essentially institutes marriage with Adam and Eve. So if you believe he's the originator of marriage as well, then it makes perfect sense that if you are in a committed relationship with God corporately together as a marriage, that yes, your divorce rate would go down. God is going to bless that. Mm -hmm. A lot of those couples are able to invest in their marriages and to be able to see uh, difficulties through and to be able to work through those things because of their faith. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. So how does it work? We're going to just use our own life as an example for you, and we're going to share some practical tools to you, for you as well. So in our own life, Adrian and I got married. Mm-hmm. We, we shared a little bit in our last episode about how we were both graduates of a Bible college when we got married, and we were both working on our bachelor's degrees. And so we already loved Jesus. We were already living for him individually. We were already passionate about our faith. We were not like average Christians, not to say that in a prideful way, but like we were going for it. You we know what I mean? Jesus, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and yet we got married. And actually, I have to say, too, one of the things that I totally fell in love with Adrian about was that we were at a church where he would pray uh, publicly at different times. And I just admired his prayer life. I admired how, like, he prayed so beautifully and, like, eloquently. And I just admired how he, how he talked to God, right? Oh, thanks, babe. Yeah. <laughs> and so then we get married and it's like, like, what it happened? Dude? That way. <laughs> Like we get married and it was so awkward. It was so awkward. It was Mm -hmm. like painful. Like we kind of knew or we thought, you know, we were supposed to pray together now that we're married or whatever. And even when we were engaged, it started when we were engaged, we would try to pray together and it was just like so awkward and painful. And we're like, what's happening? What I take comfort in when it comes to that is that the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. So prayer is not something that we assume that we should know how to do it, right? Because at its base level, we say that prayer is communicating with God, but you're communicating to somebody you don't physically see. You're communicating to somebody who's a lot higher in authority and power and all that Mm -hmm. different than you. And so there's some different things about that. And so I think you can kind of learn when it comes to prayer as well. And that's so much more easy to do when you're by yourself because you're the only one hearing yourself, right? Yeah. So then when you're even, (laughs) so even coming out of Bible college, hot and fire for Jesus, all that other stuff. Once I started praying with Jen, it was like, it, it was strange. It was strange to try to take responsibility for that because nobody really teaches you that in that way, right? It's not, Nobody says, here's the formula for how to pray with your spouse. You do A, B, and C, and it just works this way. No, so it was a little bit awkward at first, and we kind of navigated through a few difficulties along the way. 
So if you're thinking about where do I begin, you know, prayer is a great place to start. And and if it's awkward, don't feel bad. You're in good company. (laughs) We've been there. We've done that. And what makes it not awkward is just continuing to do it. And you figure you figure it out. You figure out what kind of works for you as a family. No conversation with God is unique or, or every conversation with God rather is unique. When I talk to God, it looks a certain way. When Adrian or whoever talks to God, it looks a certain way together. We figured out kind of a rhythm and it's it's better now. Yeah, it's a lot better. <laughs> yeah, and also I think it really came from a place of insecurity of for myself. Speaking of myself, depending upon, you know, if you believe in Jesus and you believe the Bible, then I believe that there is like this kind of idea that in in the home that the man should be kind of a spiritual leader in his home. And so it was kind of like you know, I'm a young guy and I'm, I was kind of still relatively new in the faith when we kind of got together, even though I kind of just jumped right heads heads in with my relationship with God. But nobody, I didn't really have a guide to sit there and mentor me and say that this is what it looks like, how you should lead your house, spiritually speaking, uh, to lead your wife well and to lead your home well. And so you kind of had to learn on the fly, you know, there's certain principles that you pick up along the way, but I had some deep seated insecurity because I was still trying to find out who I was. I mean, I was coming from a very hard lifestyle in some ways and then just trying to get, you know, come into faith and, and just kind of radically saved. And so all those things kind of happened. And it was when I got to being married, I was like, man, now I got this responsibility. I feel this responsibility. And, and I felt just this deep sense of insecurity just kind of rose to the surface. And it was almost like I felt embarrassed if I say it that way, embarrassed for Jen to like, listen to me. And especially because she said that she likes the way that I prayed, you know what I mean? So it felt like more pressure in that way when it came to that. So the point of that is that you guys, you're not alone. It's awkward at first and it's okay if it's awkward at first. Don't worry, just keep doing it and you'll figure it out. You know, it's it's that's how it is. Yeah. yeah. The other thing is stay intentional. So one of the things that was really important to us, it was just being intentional. So in the early days, when we were trying to grow spiritually with each other, we would read books together. So we would take a book that usually we'd each pick one and we'd kind of rotate them. Mm-hmm. And I would read a few pages and he would read a few pages. And that in that era, Adrian's always been a stronger reader than I am. So he'll read a book in a couple hours. <laughs> and so that was just a great way of connection and growing together. So we would choose chose one of our first book was on our honeymoon. We read His Need Her His Needs, Her Needs. Yep. Awesome book. I'll link it here. It's amazing. Highly recommend that one. And so anyway, so being intentional was really important to us. And so we would just try different things. So reading together was one of the other ones that really helped us grow. It helped us to learn from other other couples who were writing godly books that poured into our lives and really mm-hmm. were examples to us and helped us learn as we were just learning, navigating some of these early days, what to do and why it matters, you know, and just the biggest thing for us was to stay intentional about engaging with each other spiritually. Yeah, we just kind of pushed through the awkwardness. You just kind of got to recognize that don't not acknowledge it, that it's not there, but you just kind of don't let that be a source of discouragement, I guess is the point. It's because you kind of find your groove and once, once you do, it's so much worthwhile, the times of awkwardness. And if I could be so honest, I mean, there were times when it was so awkward at times, be crying about it. It'd be like, this shouldn't be this hard. You know what I mean? And so like, but now coming out the other side, I mean, and just being married a long time and having learned a few things that worked for us, that do work for us, it was so worthwhile. Although the awkwardness was so worthwhile, but it wouldn't have happened had we not continued to kind of push through that. So 
So later years of our marriage, the seasons were different. And you want to talk a little bit about what that looked like? Yeah. I mean, seasons of life change because of various different things. Uh, Sometimes it's emergencies that come into play. For us, it was a major health issue with Jen that came into play. But there's also other things, uh, financial emergencies. There are kids. If you have kids, there's school. Uh, School was also a huge part of a changing season for us as well. A few years into our marriage, after we graduated from that first Bible college, we both immediately continued on our education. So Jen was in her undergrad, I was in my undergrad, and I finished a little bit before she did. And uh, then we immediately went kind of into our master's program. And I remember when we were in our master's program, when I was at seminary at DTS and she was going to Dallas Baptist, there would be times when we legitimately wouldn't see each other until it was bedtime. And that would be for multiple days of the week. I was working full-time. She was working full-time while we were going to school. So during that season, I would leave at like 6.30 in the morning to go to my job. As soon as I got off at like 4.30, I headed right to the campus because my first class was at 5.15 and then class ended at 9.30 and it was about a 45-minute trek back to where we lived. So I'd get home at 10.30 and I hadn't even seen her face basically all day and since we woke up and we were getting ready. And so during that season, we still made it a priority to still do things like going to church together, participating in small group, even though that that was a big sacrifice to do that. Uh, so we did various different things that we that we still were investing into our spiritual life. It just had to change. And that's the thing. You have to be willing to be adaptable and be flexible about it because seasons of life do change. Yeah. And figuring out in the season that you are in, being able to figure out like what will work in, mm-hmm. in prioritizing your spiritual growth together so that no matter what season it is, it's still a priority. Even if that that activity looks different, it's still a priority. So for us now, we're in a totally different season. So we, my husband, Adrian's a pastor mm-hmm. and we control our schedule. And so we're able to change up a lot of what we're doing. And in this season, we just feel like God's speaking to us about how it's an absolute priority to spend time with him individually. And we also are spending time together, but we just really have been impacted by the priority of that and how God wants to speak to us. Yeah. And, you know, so we're we're spending time individually first. And that's so important because if I want to grow as a wife and I want to be the best wife that I can for my husband, I can do a whole lot to try to do that. But the most important thing I can do is spend time with God and allow God to show me and speak to my heart. That's the most important thing that I can do. Yes. Yeah. What we do now, prioritizing our, our quiet time on our, on our own, we pray for each other. So this is a huge thing that I think is so overlooked. I think because we're praying for so many other people. (laughs) And often, if I did pray for Adrian in the past, if I'm being honest, it looked like, God, fix that. I do not like that character. (laughs) You know, I don't like that thing in him. Like, I I mean, that's what it looked like, you know, and it's totally different now. And I think that I think that you kind of grow in that. But being able to just truly pray like, Lord, protect him, Lord, help him to grow, give him wisdom, like those kind of things. So being able to pray for for your spouse is so important. And then we have a devotional that we have done for probably- Oh, we've done it cover to cover at least probably three years, three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really a favorite of ours. It's called Quiet Times for Couples by H. Norman Wright, and we'll link it in the description. H. Norman Wright is a Christian counselor, and he is phenomenal. And so this is a devotional that has been really impactful for our lives. And so what Mm -hmm. what our time together looks like now, we have devotions at breakfast. 
So for our lives, that time of day works really well. But if you have a different schedule, feel free to personalize that to what works for you, okay? But then we we also learned from another resource that we love that's called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. We learned this idea of incorporating silence and stillness into your day. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that has made an impact on you? Oh, that's totally blown us away. The world we live in, there's a lot of noise. There's just a lot of chaos. And I noticed that in my own personal life, when it came to spending time with Jesus quite often, I would just be distracted. My mind would just be all over the place. It was like in my own head, there was so much noise going on. And it was noise from my own thoughts. It was noise from various distractions, my cell phone, all various other different things. But it was just this noise. And so, you know, what they suggest in this resource is to, they suggest two minutes of silence. I've incorporated that personally. So when I read this resource, because I we do this individually, we do the two minutes and the forefront. The devotional is really short. And then there's usually a prayer as part of the devotional. So then I pray the prayer out loud. And then I may actually read the scripture that goes along with it. And then I actually spend the, t- the two additional minutes just kind of in quiet. But what we've done is now we've leveraged that and incorporated that to us personally. And so personally, we pray together. And and when we do it together, we just take 60 seconds and we just take that opportunity to quiet ourselves before we pray for each other. I love that time because literally, usually we stand up and we hold hands and I picture in my mind God above us. And I, I often will pray after we've stood together in silence and stillness for 60 seconds, I will often pray, Lord, you are God and we are not. And it's just this moment, it's just 60 seconds in your day to acknowledge together that he is in control, that he is your God. And and then we we will pray for each other together. So we'll be praying with each other at that point. Usually prior to that, ask the other person, what is your most pressing need? This was something that we learned years ago from some mentors of ours. And it's just a simple statement. In this moment, in this day, what is your most pressing need? I just want you to think about that for yourself right now. What is your most pressing need? It's been such a powerful tool that we've used throughout our entire marriage to ask each other that question and then just listen and be fully engaged to what the other person is saying. As you begin to pray for and with your spouse, asking them, what is your most pressing need today? You know, the Bible talks about tomorrow has worries of its own, right? And so today, what is your most pressing need? So stand silently and still with our eyes closed for 60 seconds. And then having discovered that need from each other, we'll then pray for the other person about whatever that need is for the day. Sometimes that need looks like peace of mind. <laughs> I feel like I've kind of been a wreck this week. I don't know. Like I, I had a lot of variety of prayer prayer needs this week. Um, but the entire amount of time for our devotional and that silence and that prayer, I would say is about 15 minutes total. So we're not talking about an, an, a huge, lengthy, complicated process. It's just extremely intentional. And it's it's daily. We're doing it every single day. And it's been very, very life-giving. Yeah, it's been quite enjoyable as well. I mean, how much more intimate can you get than that, right? Than telling your spouse, how can I pray for you? And actually doing it, doing it then and there with them. 
So we want to give you guys just a few, you know, we kind of broke it down by kind of looking at our journey, kind of like in the beginning parts and kind of in the middle and some of the things that we do now, but we don't want to leave you without some very practical things that you could try now. But before we even get into those things, I guess I would just like to blanket it by just saying this, do what works for you, right? And you're going to find your way. And so keep trying things. Just make it intentional that you are investing, spiritually speaking, in your marriage, okay? So try things out and various different things will work and some things won't and that's okay. And so the first thing I would like to say is like, it's kind of speaks to the attitude of why we're doing it is really we need to have an attitude of unconditional love and acceptance when it comes to our spouse. When we think about the that aspect of Jesus, how he has that unconditional love and acceptance of us, how he uh, forgave us of our sins when he died upon the cross, but then he continuously is basically casting those sins as far as the east is from the west, scripture tells us. And because he loves us that much, that kind of attitude of love uh, needs to be just a regular thing as part of your marriage. But then also practice forgiveness and forgive quickly. Hmm. Uh, forgiveness is not something that, I mean, we'll do a whole discussion on that. And so I don't want to get too much into that. But but the thing is, is that just make it a habit to practice forgiveness and to forgive quickly when it comes to your marriage. It is It grows you in intimacy, especially spiritually speaking, because it ha- helps us to acknowledge the fact that we are wrong and we need the love and acceptance of another individual. And that so reflects the heart of God. And so if we practice that, I mean, it brings a lot of health to our marriage. So we've talked a lot about praying together. And this is another way to live out spiritual intimacy with your spouse, praying for your sp- spouse, praying with your spouse. Another opportunity that you have to grow in spiritual intimacy is by serving together. There have been so many things, even from the very beginning of our relationship, and I see that in other in other couples all the time, when we're actually getting outside of our, our own home and kind of stepping outside of our story and our situation and serving in, you know, could be a homeless shelter, could be your church, it could be anything. There's something really bonding about that that's so powerful. Yeah. Those are two that I love. Also, what's really important is just studying the Bible together. There are so many tools out there, guys. I know that it can be intimidating in some ways, especially if you're a newer believer, to actually study the Bible. But there are so many tools out there, guys. There are online Bible studies. There are websites that you can access. There are study Bibles. There are short little devotional books and um, DVD curriculums that you can use with workbooks. And there's so much different material out there, but just make it a priority to study the scripture with your uh, your spouse. Then also reading other spiritual material, like Jen mentioned that we used to do, we wrote books together and that was something that was very fruitful to us. And so um, just make it a priority to do something like that. We're going to be putting several resources in the description of today's video and podcast. And so check those out, you guys. That Those are great starting points. If you're inspired mm-hmm. to just take one step towards growth with your spouse, those are great resources to start with. Yeah. So we've done the hard labor for you in that way. And then also worshiping together. You want to tell the story a little bit about your parents? Yeah. So mm-hmm. you guys, my parents often will pray in the morning before they each go to work and they'll just take take a song from church and they'll sing to the Lord together in the living room. And it's really a beautiful uh, time of intimacy, spiritual intimacy that they have that really brings a lot of strength and unity and humility into their marriage. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So then attending church together, kind of the obvious one, right? Like, I want to say like, that's the starting point, but don't end there. Because I feel yeah. like that's an easy one. We, we, we say, oh, well, we go to church together. And there's not, there can be not a ton of spiritual growth unless you're being really intentional. So we want you to be really intentional with your spiritual growth. Going to church together is a great starting point. And then also, you know, being a part of a small group in a local community, whether it's your your small group at church or life group, whatever your team, whatever your people call it. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's kind of like a next step. I mean, the reality is it's one thing to go to church on a Sunday, but to actually be involved in community, then that's kind of like a next step. So as we started this, you guys, we talked about how God created us as physical, emotional, and spiritual beings. Each one of those Elements are interconnected and interdependent. So we often say, if I'm nervous about something, my stomach aches. Why is that? Because my emotions are tied to my physical body. And so when I'm growing spiritually, all the other areas of my life and my relationships are better. They're just growing. They're healthy. They're strong. So each of these areas of intimacy are really, really important for your marriage. So we hope that this episode has given you some ideas, some perspective. It's challenged you to grow in your marriage, to be engaging in spiritual intimacy. It is such a vital, vital part of a healthy marriage. In each episode, we said that we want to give you a tool, something practical that you can walk away with and you can immediately implement into your marriage. And so we talked a lot about the 60 seconds of stillness and silence and coupling that with prayer together. And we really want you to utilize that as the tool for this actual episode. So take some time just to do that. I mean, it's going to be awkward at first. Um, I promise it probably is. And you're going to realize that 60 seconds is actually a lot longer than you actually think. But it is so richly beneficial. And if you have never prayed with your spouse before, a lot of times we run into this where people have never prayed with their spouse and feel intimidated by it. If you've never done it, it can be very intimidating. The way that you can kind of take that down a notch is by utilizing that question that we kind of posed earlier. What is your most pressing need? You're asking that person to communicate to you the depth of their heart and say, this is what's kind of at the forefront of my mind and heart right now. And then you're going to take the opportunity to be able to pray for that. How's that not going to increase your intimacy? That is increasing spiritual intimacy on a multiplied, multiplied level. So if you're not married or if you have a spouse who isn't a believer or isn't willing to do that with you, I want to just challenge you and encourage you, take 60 seconds on your own to just sit or stand in silence and stillness. And if you are married, pray for your spouse after that time. Pray pray for them. If they're not able or willing at this point to pray with you, take that time to pray for them. Yeah. And let's just watch and see what God does from that. Agreed. Awesome. So next episode, we are going to kind of do part two. We are going to look at really the barriers now to spiritual intimacy. Once we kind of defined it now, we're going to start looking at those barriers. So that'll be kind of the next episode. And we're really excited to share that with you guys. So guys, if you love this content, please go ahead and subscribe to this channel. Uh, It'd be a really great way to get exposure for Marriage Ignited and hit the bell notifications so that way you can get notified when we post new content. Uh, We're going to post new videos and new podcasts every single Tuesday. And so that content will be live for you guys. We're going to continue to work hard to produce great content that is relevant and that is practical to be able to help your marriage and to be able to ignite your marriage. And we'd love to hear from you guys. We have a bunch of different episodes planned, fun topics that we know will be engaging for your marriage. 
But we'd love to hear from you. Where are you at? What are some topics that you would like to hear? Share those in the comments and let us know. Also, we would love for you to share this episode with your friends. Adrian said, you know, we are getting the word out about this hopefully really beneficial and valuable ministry to you. And so if if you're finding that this has been ministering to you, will you share this with others? We would love for it to be a blessing to so many lives. So we cannot wait to be with you next week when we look at barriers to spiritual intimacy. We're going to take this conversation to the next level and really look at what gets in the way of our growth spiritually um, with our spouse. There's so many different distractions. So we're excited to talk to you about that. So we'll see you guys next Tuesday. We can't wait till then. God bless you guys.